Hi, welcome to week 52 of Hollywood Breaks. It's been a year since Keith and I kicked this thing off and we're still going strong. Some of the story hasn't changed. We're still asking questions of what the theatrical release looked like, what success really should, how success really should be counted, and what the studios are thinking in releasing um, these upcoming films. Uh, Free Guy apparently was a big hit, at least that's what we're reading all the trades, but Keith doesn't agree with that in everywhere he says. With the way that the numbers look, it can't really make its money back on the theatrical side. So we asked those questions, but also the evolution of film in the theater, what it really takes to be successful, and what does Paw Patrol uh, really accomplish in a week like this that Hugh Jackman could not do with Reminiscence. So that and many more items we're questioning this week, week 52. So stay tuned and welcome to Hollywood Breaks. I saw uh, Free Guy. Did you see it yet? You did? No. Yeah. Dude, wow. it's the number one movie in the box office. How could you not have seen it? Apparently, I just didn't know it was going to be such a huge hit. <laughs> Dude, that's... that's uh, Of course it was a huge hit. I mean, isn't it just playing along with like Jungle Cruise or whatever? Like this big blockbuster kind of goofy film thing that you're supposed to see in the theaters? Yeah, well, okay. Let's, let's, let's break this down, okay? Oh, wait, can I go back just one sec before you go on? Because I know you're a little bit frustrated by this, but I did find yeah, it ironic yes. that right before the film, it basically had this promo, which I've been seeing for months now in the theaters, of like, you know, your iPhone. And it said, why would you watch an action-packed film on a screen this size when you can watch it on a film screen this size, right? And it's basically saying, go, you know, don't watch it on your iPhone, watch it in the theaters. And the movie they used in that promo is Free Guy, that was the film they were using, mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure the studio, although they released it in the theaters, it's all about the device. Like the economy really has to be about watching it on your iPhone eventually, because at a $25 million opening box office weekend, that is not the success they're claiming it is. Uh, so there must be some back end deal to this thing. So yeah, I don't know. I, I know you're going to, you don't, you hate that they're saying it's a hit when you and I both know, like, this isn't, these are not numbers of box office, box office hits. No, I mean, listen, everyone's sort of qualifying it. Well, if you break it down by the numbers, so some trades reported the movie is about 120 million pre PNA, um, some as high as 150. They did spend a hefty amount, it looks like, on marketing. Um, and Ryan is, Ryan Reynolds is very much a, Die hard, work his butt off promoting his movie type guy, similar to Hugh Jackman. So I don't want to default him for that. But the reality is that if you look at a $25 million movie or 28, whatever the opening number was, and a $150 million, $120, $150 million movie plus PA, which we don't even know what that number is, that's very unlikely to make the studio a ton of money. And that is how you qualify a hit. Now, I think what they're trying to do, and the trades are going in hook, line, and sinker, and we've talked ad nauseum about how the trades are basically in service to the studios, and there's real no sense of <laughs> unbiased uh, analysis. But, you know, they've got... We, we just did a skim of variety, and they've got, like, three articles talking about how this is, like, the, the, the movie that'll save the industry. And I'm like, guys, come on. <laughs> like, you're, you're going down the same road you were. You're like NATO, with you know, the CinemaCon starting this week. You know, two years ago, talking about how Netflix wasn't going to hurt the industry. I mean, get your heads out of your asses, fat fuck guys. Come on. <laughs> it's like, 
you know, I, it, at a certain point, you got to like slap them upside the head and be like, there's still a lot of problems in this business. And this is not a hit. Uh, Richard Rushfield did a great comparison. And he said, well, look, you know, you had uh, Suicide Squad, which opened to maybe a million dollars less, two million dollars less than Free Guy. And that movie was called Disaster. Right. Yes, the price tag was a little higher. But why does that a disaster and Free Guy hit? It doesn't make any sense. But so wait, when you're saying it's a hit, you're just talking about like the studio itself saying it's a hit, right? I'm just talking about Ryan Reynolds and the studio and the trades all spinning it like it's a hit. But Dwayne like, Johnson said Jungle Cruise was a hit. I mean, you know, I know what, but he said something this, like, this, I don't know what the numbers are, but Disney says but, it's the best movie or whatever. Like, right. You know, that's fine. But this is this. The, my issue is that there are a lot of endemic issues in the industry right now. That are gonna that for example, what we've talked about is that the 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 overall experience of going to a theater has to change if you're gonna if the industry is gonna survive. But running around and saying movies that are not quantifiably hits are hits pretends that oh things are coming back things are returning to normal we don't have to change we don't have to change anything. Okay, so here I actually found the found the the, the Variety article title: Free Guy is an only in theater hit. Do you think other movies are jealous? But it's a column, and it says column. It's an opinion piece about other movies being jealous about it. So you're right. They are kind of, for whatever reason, buying into this idea that this $28 million opening weekend was a hit and other films should be jealous, regardless if Paw Patrol beat them in the box office this last weekend. You're right. There is a spin. Well, it's. It, I think, it, it, I th yeah, the jealous aspect of it comes from, oh, wait. We're in theater only movie. Jungle Cruise was also on Disney Plus. Suicide Squad was also on HBO Max. Oh, yeah. Paw Patrol was also on Paramount Plus. So it's like we're we're the only, we're an in theater only movie. And the reality is the only reason I think that was the case was because there was already a pay one window deal with HBO and Disney Plus couldn't put it on the platform. Oh right. They they were contractually restricted from doing so. So they probably would have done it, would be my guess, had they been able to, but they didn't because they, HBO had the first position. So, I don't know. I, I Again, this is just something that it, it, it gets, you know, under my, under, under my, uh, into my craw a little bit just because of the fact that it spins it in a way that makes it sound like things are slowly returning to normal. We don't have to change a thing. And it's like, well, guys, this is... Not reality. You're still, you're still, you still got your head in the clouds a little bit. Owen Gleiberman, who wrote the article, basically is kind of asking that question too of like, what if these other movies would have opened in the theater only? Would we have seen other numbers for it? Um, but I'm almost wondering if this doesn't hurt the case that Scarlett Johansson is making, which is because they dual released it, it would have made more money in the theater if they did theater only. Um, mm. I wonder if we're seeing, I mean, Black Widow is different than Free Guy. I don't, maybe that's a poor argument because, you know, the film itself and the Marvel Universe, all that kind of stuff, maybe it could have got rid of turns. I, for me, some of the restriction of the uh, the money in the theaters is the restriction the theaters are putting on people sitting in seats. Mm -hmm. I mean, theaters only have 50% capacity available. And not every theater is open. Not all the theaters are open that were open a few years ago. So there's not even the, the actual buildings available to go sit in. Um, so we are looking at totally different numbers. 
that we're going to get anyway because of just availability of the number of seats out there. I wonder, I wonder if we should keeping score of like how many theaters were sold out, like occupancy numbers more than just dollar numbers, you know? Well, you can kind of break it out by how many tickets were sold and the like and how many theaters it was in, but that doesn't necessarily you know, quantify whether or not theaters were actually sold out if there weren't any. I mean, I don't, I don't know if there are still pandemic level uh, restrictions at some theaters where you have to have a, like a buffer between you and the person next to you or if those have been pulled out altogether. Um, so it's tough to say. Uh, you know, I, 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 I agree with your sort of just uh, your comment about Marvel uh, Black Widow because I, I don't necessarily if it's an apples and apples comparison. Um, I know that Disney's pushing Scarlett and her team to go into arbitration um, to right. settle that lawsuit. So it'll all depend on, you know, how the, the language of her contract. But it is interesting because they could say quantifiably, Scarlett's team, although I think this is a bit of an argument, this argument is a bit of a stretch to say, well, look, everyone says that Free Guy's a hit at $28 million. We would have made double that, triple that, caught, you know, five times that had we just been in theaters exclusively and had Disney not made this. But don't you feel like the puppeteers are somewhat make using this term a hit so in order to help make a case? Not, I don't want to say like the entire studio's marketing strategy is not based off winning a lawsuit against Scarlett Johansson, <laughs> but it does feel like they're trying to establish a norm out there that a $30 million opening um, weekend for a big film is a, is a big, big deal and big return. Cause they have now they have, they almost have a track record now with free guide, jungle cruise, black widow. Um, you know, I think I was looking at the top 10 films, the top 10 block blockbuster films, four of them were Disney films, four of them were Warner brothers films. One of them was universal. One of them was, um, paramount. Oh, mm -hmm. the, uh, the quiet place too. number two, yeah. number two spot. So Disney basically is saying, Hey, there is a norm out there that's, that's doing something. Um, but I guess I think I would know that if I didn't want to go to the theaters, I could watch free guy on like on my phone, almost like they're trying to say in the theater, don't watch this on your phone. I'm pretty sure, you know, most people are going to think like, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really matter anymore. I can watch anywhere I want to. That that's, that's a rather extreme comparison because most people aren't going to watch it on their phone. They're going to watch it on their iPad or their computer or their TV. Oh, I mean, yeah. and those, those viewing experiences aren't nearly as bad. They're trying to obviously make the drastic comparison. Be say, try watching this, you know, huge action movie on a tiny little screen. Well, that's not what most people are going to do. Most people are going to watch it on the TV, which is going to be reasonably sized and not make it as bad as the the theater the theater and or the studio would like it to be. <laughs> so, so we should probably like think about. What you've been the question you've been asking, which is, you know, what are theaters going to do different then? Because if if we're looking at totally different blockbuster numbers, we're in a post blockbuster era, right? We've been recognized that we're not going to get blockbuster numbers ever like we used to. It's not not the economy or the industry we're in anymore, um, and we're restructuring what a deal looks like for theaters and a good weekend looks like for theaters. New numbers, awesome. What are theaters going to do in the theatrical experience to? you know, to make it different. Um, we're in the, it, pretty soon we're going to talk to Dina for uh, Super 78 and what she's doing with Howie Mandel and their theater experience. But I think they're, in that case, they're changing what the entertainment is in that venue. They're not changing the entertainment venue. 
so that the viewing experience of a traditional movie is there. They're changing the actual entertainment itself to match the venue. Um, but there probably should be an understanding of what, what it means to go to a movie now. And, you know, are we even done with the theater experience altogether? Like, are we just hanging on to something that doesn't matter anymore? Uh, you know, I, I don't know. It's a, it's a good question. We have CinemaCon starting this week, which is the National Association of Theater Owners annual meeting in Las Vegas, which typically is a huge production. You get stars of all stripes showing up and it's a big deal but obviously because of the surgence of covid it's been pared down significantly and it won't there won't the, the studios aren't bringing any talent it's just basically so i think maybe some distribution execs will go um but i think it'll be interesting to see what the conversation is out of that although i given its history as i you know i i, I think i even mentioned in this recording or pre-recording uh, they were talking, singing about how Netflix was great for the industry about four years ago. So, you know, there are little rose-colored glasses and they don't really want to see the reality that's stare, staring them in the face. So I, I don't, it'll be interesting to see if it comes up. I doubt it will. Um, they are going to probably latch onto the language of Free Guy as a hit just to say, look at this. You know, one of the biggest hits in the pandemic was a theater only, the Quiet Place 2. It's theater only. We're, we're totally fine. Nothing needs to change. And I, I disagree wholeheartedly with that assessment. Uh, I think things need to change. Um, this has been a shock to the industry. And if they just go back pretending like theaters can be what they were, you know, even 18 months ago, they're, they're foolish. It's just, it's not going to last. Um, this is the opportunity to make some really cool and drastic changes. And whether or not they're open to doing that is still an open question. Um, but it doesn't help that, you know, you have a lot of the organs of the industry like Variety and Hollywood Reporter just, you know, going along and saying, hey, Free Guy was a hit. Oh, the star driven movie may not be dead after all. It's like, oh, come on, guys. How many times have we had this conversation? Like, it's just, they... What was the... Well, I have a couple of thoughts hanging in my head. One is I think of like Paw Patrol, which is not a star driven film at all, which is hitting number one. No. But for me, the voice there or the story there is that people want to get out of the house with their kids and they want to do something. And it's a great movie to, to go do that. So the desire to go to the movie with the family is still there. That's that makes sense that that movie even is in the, in the box and in, in the theaters at all. Um, but the, besides that, what other opportunities are there for the theatrical experience? Maybe quiet place where <clears throat> there's something when you, get that entire surround environment and you're looking at something like M Knight's um, a movie or quiet place or whatever, where the environment matters opposed to just being at home. It doesn't suck you in the same way. So if you want that full theatrical mm -hmm. experience, that's something kind of cool in the genre that allows for it. Um, but I think if I'm flipping through the TV, I don't know what the last thing you've watched on Netflix, but if I'm flipping through items on, you know, on my TV, it seems to be comedy and blockbuster. I mean, big action. Those are the only two things that are in my feed for some reason. And those two, you know, I can only take so much of the big action films. I don't want to then run off to the theater and watch the same thing in the theater that I've been watching at home for, for you know, the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I think... Paw Patrol wasn't number one, by the way, just to... Oh, okay. <laughs> add a little uh, it was number two behind Free Guy. 
Oh, that's but, right. Uh, because uh, Free Guy uh, was a big hit. Free Guy was a big drop. hit. <laughs> so um, I think the other thing to think of is, okay, so you take Paw Patrol, right? So did Paramount wanted to put it exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. The rights holders to Paw Patrol were the ones who were pushing for the theatrical release. Oh, good for them. Much like John Krasinski with Quiet Place and to credit Jim Giannopoulos, you know, we're like, no, we're not putting it on. We're not going to put it on uh, Paramount Plus. This is a theatrical experience. And you're right. There are still certain movies that will draw people to theaters. I think horror is definitely one of them because it's a totally different experience when you see it in a dark room with other people. Versus watching it at home where you can pause it and go to the bathroom, get your popcorn, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And comedy, I would argue, is another one because that one, and I'll give you a perfect example of this. When I first saw Borat, I saw it in a theater that was packed and I've never laughed harder in my life. Yeah. When you watch it by yourself, it's a little different. You're not laughing as hard because the, you know, it's the people around you aren't busting up and... If they are, they're slow. They're only chuckling slightly, so it's not the same experience. So I would argue those are definitely the two that are going to withstand a lot of sort of the pressures that are happening as a result of the pandemic. Yeah, but there are other movies that are not going to survive this. You know, some adult dramas, um, movies that you know don't necessarily have a built-in IP. We're still going to get a lot of the Marvel, the Star Wars. Those are just going to keep coming ad nauseum. Um, and, you know, that I would say that would be the one thing about The Free Guy that I kind of like is the fact that it's not based on a previously published book, video game, what have you. It's an original idea. Um, and that is something that's great. So in that regard, I sort of half-heartedly say, yeah, it was a hit. Just only <laughs> to sort of bolster the narrative that original films are still a necessity. We still need originality. Uh, I was watching a clip yesterday which I think was the uh, was on Instagram. It was from the AFI uh, honoring Steven Spielberg. And it was Spielberg and John Williams sitting next to each other. And then you had Harrison Ford coming out to the Indiana Jones theme. And the running joke was he Harrison Ford gets up and says, this that damn music follows me everywhere I go. <laughs> <laughs> and I was thinking to myself, like, could that even happen today? Right. Like, is there any star who could walk out to a theme music that is so iconic and someone other than Spielberg and John Williams, a younger, younger director stand up there. And it it just, it doesn't have the same cultural impact that it used to. And that was sort of what was most striking to me. That's why we're claiming the end of the blockbuster era, right? Cause like that is what introduced the blockbuster era, the Jaws music, Star Wars, Indiana Jones, E.T., all that stuff those that crew made together, Lucas Spielberg and John Williams put together, like those, they had the magic formula right. that just you're able to repeat, you know, for 30 years or whatever, a generation and a half. Um, but it's, but the, that time is now over and we're defining something totally new. And to me, there is something of the iconic actor that's stepping forward, but the actors that are stepping forward now are have a totally different notoriety than the Harrison Ford that has John Williams music following him wherever he goes. It was the role mm-hmm. he played. Now it's Ryan Reynolds himself. Um, you know, like even um, um, some of the deal with Reese Witherspoon, you can kind of see where they're putting that, that person who they are first actor second or character that they played second. And there's something interesting now about the influencer marketplace and how that changes our demographic of what's successful or not 
um, when we're looking at mm-hmm. any type, any type of film. And they, now, and we've talked about this for a while too. It doesn't really matter if it's in the theater, or on your TV set, or on your on your laptop. It's going to always be a film. We're going to recognize it as a film or a television show based off some other predictable format than, um, you know, than was it in the movie theater or was it at home? You know, being released on your TV set only. It's pretty interesting, huh? Like the evolution is really kind of taking place. Um, the, you know, the other films that kind of happened, Hugh Jackman is one of those characters, one of those people where I think that his presence would have, has a certain notoriety and would pull people in, but his film Reminiscence did not, although the trailer for it made me want to go, man, that's like, a, like I was so interested in, in seeing that. Um, but if I was honest with you, I didn't know it came out this weekend. I didn't. I don't think the marketing side of it really put it in front of me as much as Free Guy did, or even Paw Patrol. I saw that at least mm-hmm. on enough buses and bus stops to know that it was <laughs> happening. Um, but Reminiscence, I saw the trailer when I was watching Free Guy, but I didn't. I couldn't recall that it was coming out this weekend. That that build up and release just wasn't happening around that. Yeah, and I think this is. Uh, I, I mean, I'm going to give our viewers a sort of well-told secret. If you don't see a time, if you don't, if you have a movie with supposedly a big star although i would argue all due respect to hugh jackman he's a wonderful person i don't what i wouldn't argue that he's a star um he's a star as wolverine um i don't think he's a star as anyone else other than wolverine (laughs) no one lines up to see a hugh jackman movie yeah right i guess even the pt barnum movie was more about like the it was more about it was original musical and, and there was nothing else out and it wasn't that it was hugh Jackman. I mean, everyone knows he's talented, and he is. But I don't know if people pay to see it. It's like it's. I would say argue that no one pays to see a Chris Evans movie. They pay to yeah. see Chris Evans as Captain America. I would argue also they don't necessarily pay to see Chris Pratt in a movie either. So I, it's again we can go. It's a death of the movie star kind of problem that we've been talking about. But yet I digress. So the other thing is like if you look at sort of when a studio and a big movie is coming out with a a star um, with my previous qualification. Uh, it <laughs> sort of is like, if you don't see it everywhere, that usually means the studio knows it's a stinker. Mm. There's something about the movie and the cinema score on reminiscence was like a C plus, which is a death nil. It's like the movie's toast. No one's going to see it. So um, because you usually get the opening weekend, they take cinema score on Friday and Saturday, which is usually your diehards. So you, if you're not A plus A, you're pretty much, you're going to start falling off pretty quickly. So if your diehards are giving it a C, then you know that it's not. Then you know, because they're the ones that were interested in seeing it. And they were like, this is, this is not good. So um, you can tell that the studio knew they kind of had a little bit of a stinker on their hands because they didn't invest. Because you don't want to spend all the marketing if you don't get, you know, you're not going to get the return. And that's, I think, ultimately what happened here. Um, the problem is, unfortunately, uh, I think HBO or sorry, Warner Media is going to have to pay Hugh Jackman out like it was a hit mm-hmm. because of their bungled sort of uh, PR move on dumping everything from 2021 on HBO Max without really talking to the talent. And as a result, they're paying Hugh a huge back end and the movie made two million dollars. And they're not getting any premium from HBO Max because it doesn't have a... You can watch it for free tonight if you want, if you have HBO Max, so technically free. Um, so they're not even getting any premium from that. So this movie's going to cost them... I have no idea what the 
the uh, the uh, production budget was on that one. I'm sure it was. It's a sci-fi movie, so I'm sure it wasn't cheap. Um, so you know, Warner Media is probably going to take a bit of a bath on this one too. So they have not had a great few months. They had Suicide Squad, which was, as we just previously discussed, considered a disaster in a lot of ways. Um, and now they have Reminiscence, so they can hope maybe in the fall things will right for them but um you know again it just goes to show that <laughs> there's no sure thing <laughs> if you were a studio manager or studio executive today then where where are you putting your money in this economy like are you are you doing the netflix thing because it seems to be winning no matter what do you even take the gamble with theatrical um and therefore slow everything down i would but i just w- i just wouldn't spend a, a ton of money on it i wouldn't do the I wouldn't spend $150 million on a movie. I just, I wouldn't do that right now. I would look for some original movies that I, I could produce on the cheap. I'd try to find new horror properties. Um, you know, I might take a, I might take a bit of a risk here and there. Um, just because I think that the sort of the idea of, well, of what exactly constitutes success obviously is shifting. But also, I think some of the bosses at the higher ups of some of the you know the the bigger companies like Comcast, Warner Media are a little bit more flexible in terms of what's concerned, what's deemed a hit, and what is a financial success, just because of the unpredictable nature of what's happening. So there is an opportunity to take somewhat of a risk. Sure. And I I think I would probably try to look for something. You know, maybe that's not so dark and dreary. Um, you know, people taking dumps and buckets kind of things. <laughs> yeah. I try to look for movies that are a little bit more uplifting, a little more positive. Maybe something, you know, just try something new. Just try a different story. Maybe go out there and find a young screenwriter who wrote something that's good, but that would involve executives actually having to read screenplays, which they probably haven't done since the 1960s. So, it, you know, there's a lot of things that, I mean, that's what I would do. But would you make the play in the theater, though? If you were an executive today, would you? Yeah, I would. So you'd still think there's some money to be gained in the theater? I still Absolutely. I mean, especially if it's a horror. We just talked about horror. Like, if it yeah. it all depends. You kind of have to look at it. I don't begrudge someone like a Tom Rothman selling Hotel Transylvania 4 to Amazon for $100 million. I don't. That's a very smart business move. He knows he's not going to recoup his costs. Amazon's like, gimme, gimme, gimme. Here's a boatload of cash he's like awesome i'm probably gonna have to move venom again anyway so <laughs> please yeah. give me all that money i don't begrudge them for doing that i think that's a smart play what i do think they're the mistake they're making is sort of like not taking this opportunity to look at ways in which they can maybe tinker the model which has been so blinked towards big budget uh, you know properties based on previously published ip and then you have the Searchlight movies, which are these adult dramas, which are depressing and weird and talk about how horrible life can be and sort of look at ways in which you can tell different stories, maybe, because that's always going to be a, a necessity for a human, us as human beings. It's just a matter of trying to find a way to make it work and not having to drop 40, 50, 60, 75, 80 million dollars on every single movie that gets made. Yeah, I think that's where I'm, I was thinking is, is I'd probably go for... 
something that is at least family oriented. So it brightens the, the scope of people that are going to show up to, if you're going to do something theatrical, I'm taking the risk for something theatrical. I'd want to get as big a scope as possible. Although I get Maverick in the theater as soon as possible. I think that there has a lot of notoriety on the group of people that are willing to go to theaters. It's not necessarily appealing to a younger generation, but I don't know if that's really the, the ticket buyers anyway nowadays. Um, although I might drag my kids to it so that they have to suffer through some Top Gun <clears throat> like I did when I was there. Right? I, whole, I wholeheartedly agree. I hope they stick to um, that release date. I have it on very good authority that it's a great movie and it's the kind of movie you need to see in theaters. Um, but I think they're nervous. I think they're not entirely sure that the comfortable factor is going to be there because we're it's going to be in the fall and we're heading into winter. I think it's November. Yeah. So we don't know what covid's going to be doing if the caseload's going to be swimming down or is it going to be swinging up and to your point it's definitely an older audience that's going to be into that movie because we all grew up with it and the younger generation did not it's also very sort of pro-patriotism which isn't necessarily something the younger generation is very (laughs) high on at the moment yeah so i i don't and it's an it's a movie that was made in the height of Reagan era America. And I just think there's a lot of the younger generation that looks upon that as a terrible time of <laughs> in history. Yeah. I don't know the storyline if they're, they're evolving it to such a great, I don't know, but I imagine Tom Cruise being Tom Cruise. He's not going to want to stray far from what made the first one work. Yeah, sure. Which was sort of the rah, rah America's awesome. We're going to take out the, the MiG the MiG 128s that are threatening our little ship in the Indian ocean. Well, and I, there, <clears throat> this is uh, what I think is related to that somewhat is the the recall election of the governor in California, Gavin Newsom. You know, I I think playing waiting for that thing to play itself out. I can imagine if he gets recalled, basically, there's an audience out there saying, "Hey, we're done with these mandates thing. Let's let's open up the let's open things up," which would include theaters and allow for something different. It means that different momentum's happening than the shutdown. Yeah, if he's uh, not recalled. You can imagine things are just going to stay as they currently are. Um, maybe even uh, get an echo of like, oh, people appreciate the, the shutdown. And so a theater, you know, a big release like that, waiting to see how that thing plays out. It feels like it's unattached, but I swear that's somewhat attached. And then what's happening in New York City, the other major marketplace with Cuomo, um, has a little bit of that as well. I, there's a little bit of, hey, we're going to do what we can right. for the health of, of my constituents, but my constituents say they want something different. I might flip the switch and go do something different. And uh, a theater release could have a major, that could have a major impact on a theatrical release. Well, I think the other thing, I mean, uh, you know, you also have de Blasio requiring vaccination status, proof of vaccination status to go to a theater. Um, so that's another thing that could shift things. We also have today, um, we are recording this on Monday, by the way, for those of you who are wondering why I'm saying this on Monday and not Friday. <laughs> uh, but Pfizer, uh, the FDA just approved Pfizer's vaccine officially. So there's no longer emergency use authorization, which means more places may start requiring it in order to be a consumer or attend set events or whatever. Um, so that could also affect it. So, I mean, I think there's a lot of factors going on here. I mean, the big movie that's coming down the pike that everyone's wondering is Bond, whether or not they'll stick to that release date. And I think if Bond shifts or 
I, well, although I think I, I, I find it hard to believe they would shift it again because just the amount of money they'd have to spend, but right. they might. And I know the Broccoli's are committed to this being in theater experience, but if Bond shifts in some way or shape or form, I can almost guarantee that Top Gun will probably move too. But it's just a matter of sure. if, if we're going to basically say 2021, much like 2020, is basically a wash, let's just push it to 2022. We'll see. I mean, it's it's a tough decision because you're going to have to look and see, like, is are we sort of on the waning side of this whole Delta variant thing? Or is are we going to have another uptick once the kids start going back to school in the fall? And what's people's comfort level? Because I think psychologically and emotionally, everyone's exhausted. So I don't know if it's going to be like exhausted to the point where like, I don't care. I want to go to a movie and just check my brain at the door. Yeah. Or if it's like, I don't even want to try risking it. I just want to, I just want to get through the winter and wait till spring. And then let's try, let's try to reopen again in 2022. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Yeah. There might be a lot loaded into just having kids at school. Yeah. You know what's funny? Yeah. So this is uh, episode 52, which means this is our 52nd week of making this. Although Ooh. we've probably really passed our one year mark a couple of weeks ago. This yeah, this is like an official probably. you know one year of making this thing. And yeah. so congratulations, by the way. It's pretty fun. That, Thank you. Uh, Me too. This thing is actually playing itself out um, to the success that it has. I think you and I just like to geek out about something and to have others that are want to participate with us is pretty awesome. Um, it is. But I... So I, but in this one year looking back, I feel like that we've repeated some things over and over again, and and really to some degree we're no different than we were a year ago asking questions about the fall release, where I know for sure we were hoping this is going to be different, and yeah. I could we can say now with certainty that the behavior of the economy is now kind of baked into it. it's going to, the recovery time, if you want to call it a recovery, is going to be much longer if if never happened. Um, the exciting part is it means Hollywood has changed. Some of the gatekeepers have moved on. Some of the powerhouses are asking different questions. There's different economics in there. But in other cases, there's a lot more restriction. Um, there's a lot of cash in, a, in smaller and less people's pockets. So uh, as a filmmaker, there's opportunity that's coming along with what's breaking Hollywood. Um, but there's also something to recognize that you can't be looking backwards in order to solve tomorrow's problems. There's definitely got to be something to uh, to get past this uh, pressure points and find the new economy that works within Hollywood. So I wonder what we're mm-hmm. going to call it. We know what a blockbuster is, but I don't know if we know what the next one is. So I'll be curious what we're going to call this one. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what that all looks like. Although I would argue one point of what you just said and saying that a lot of the uh, the heads have moved on, which is not true. A lot of them are still in the same place, and they're still running the studios, which is my Well, I agree. Poobah, Studio heads know. have not moved. I'm just saying that people that are holding some of the gates have moved to, um, Am- I mean, Amazon, Netflix, uh, Apple oh, Plus. Those kind of platforms okay. are different gates yes. to open. So yes. those, the gates That's, have moved. That, that is true. That the, yeah. the who are the gatekeepers has definitely shifted. The power of who holds the keys yeah. has definitely shifted somewhat more to the streamers than to the traditional studios. Yeah, so, and yeah, that, and I think we know that's a fan based kind of equation. So there's going to yeah. be a lot of interesting stuff happening out there. Indeed. Well, well as always, Keith, I appreciate you. I hope you uh, have safe travels home. I know the hurricane was pushing its way through your neighborhood enough to keep you back for a little bit. Um, yep. I'm in New York City, and it was just heavy rainfall here. So I'm pretty sure that all is well for you in the next couple of days. Yeah, I think it'll be. Uh, we're, we were supposed to get hammered, but now it looks like we're just going to get a little bit of wind and some rain. So it's not terrible. But unfortunately, yesterday, 
our entire path driving southward was covered by Henri. So we really yeah. couldn't make it home. So we ended up having to stay here for another week. Oh, darn. <laughs> <laughs> Woe is me, as they say. Well, have a great, tra- have a good travels. Uh, blessings to you guys as you get things going. Thank you. You too. Uh, as always, Lydia, thanks for keeping us together on track, even though we're moving around and shifting and helping me figure out the right camera angle for my camera. Appreciate you doing that. Um, the rest of the team at Go Social for their support. Um, and we'll talk to you just in a few short days. Friday is going to be coming, and I know we have other guests showing up soon too. So um, stay posted. If you like what you see, please feel free to subscribe. Press the button. There's also an alert button if you're watching on YouTube so you know when these releases are coming out. We love having you out there. Please uh, keep us posted and keep the comments coming. Until we see you again, have a good week. <laughs>